1: i got
2: sunshine on a cloudy day When, when it's cold outside Ooh. I've even got the month of May That's
1: hot! That's hot!
2: I guess you'll say What can make me feel this way?
1: My girl, my girl, talking about my girl, my girl. (laughs) That's my girl. We got our girl on today, brother. I am so excited. I am so excited. But before we get there, welcome, everybody. Welcome. We're so excited we can't even get past the intro. Welcome, everybody, to Thoughts That Rock. It's your favorite podcast where we exchange a couple pieces of some life-changing
2: advice. Today...
1: We're gonna change some lives.
2: We are. Mm-hmm. I, I already want to talk about her, I, uh, but I don't want to jump the gun. No. You know who I do want to talk about? Who? Your awesome bandmate mm-hmm. and who plays all the music on our show? Oh yeah, yeah, Mr. yeah. Mr. Yeah. JT Keel. Can you tell me he's got yeah. a new venture going on, which we love? What's Super that thing called? Super excited for
1: him. Listen, JT Keel, uh, guitarist, uh, slide guitarist extraordinaire for Big Kettle Drum and Fort Pastor and. Uh, some solo records of his own, Jeffrey Todd Keel. And, uh, you know, it is been a while that we've been trying to just say, you know, what what's the next chapter since... Big Kettle Drum has, uh, you know, the curtain's not closed, but it's close. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't completely flamed out, let's just say kept, that. We are, we are puttering down. Yeah. And so, you know, with with me speaking and writing books and everything now, what was he going to be doing as this next chapter in his career? And I am so excited that he's actually really leaned into the production side and started his own company called $5 Tracks. $5 Tracks. Love so, it. you know, what we do here, everything you hear, all these bumpers, all those sorts of things you hear for social media posts and anything going out at all, you know that has to be license-free music. And so JT has been producing this since the show started a year ago, and we encouraged him to get out there and do it for others, speakers, other people putting together content uh, for online videos, um, anything like that at all. When we do our talks, we use these things as music beds in the background, almost like a soundtrack, and all that music comes from $5tracks.com. When you go to $5tracks, guess how much the tracks are? Um, hold on. 20,
2: 25 bucks? Nope. Um ten dollars? Lower. Four dollars and ninety-nine cents? Almost. Almost. <laughs> five dollars. Oh, I I totally see what you're do you saying. you see that? Yeah, five $5 trackscom
1: tracks. Um it's amazing. You can do you can buy a whole uh set, like an album of five songs for twenty bucks. And you pick the mood, right? So if you want upbeat, if you want contemplative or mellow or bluesy or whatever, all these different genres, you can go in there and sort of build your own record and find, find that sort of music that helps you generate the interest and the emotion that you want in, uh, in the different types of mediums that you are trying to produce content for. So check it out. It's $5 tracks.com. That's the number $5 spelled out tracks.com. Go check it out. Tell
2: him that TTR sent you. He won't know what that means, but it's cool. Just it, go buy it, something. Else. It is. You know, I actually bought a couple this week for yeah. some of the webinar stuff I'm going to be doing. It's, Love it.
1: Listen, it's so expensive to get licensed for music. I mean, it's usually hundreds yeah. of dollars. And to be able to pick a couple up re- for a reasonable price and use them and they're great. Yeah. You know, most of those sound like a Casio keyboard from 1983. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's bossa nova. Nobody wants bossa nova in the back, right? Right. So it's rock and roll, baby. And that's what we love. That's how it has to be. Listen, Thoughts That Rock supports Cannonball Kids. cancer, They're awesome. In their fight. Uh, for finding treatment options for kids who've run out of options. Please go check them out online. They are amazing. You're going to be blown away by the work they do. It's cannonballkidscancer.org.
2: Yeah, we know how busy you are too. You know, while you're listening to the show, we assume you're probably doing something else and you're busy, like life's coming at you and and you're just trying to take a moment to step back and get a little bit of leadership wisdom in your life. And that's what we aim to do is give you guys a couple leadership nuggets, we Mm -hmm. like to say. But honestly, It doesn't really matter what you're doing right now. You could be, for instance, I don't know, changing a diaper. Maybe you're heading to Rock Brothers Brewery for a pint. Give me another one. Or maybe you're staring at iguanas climbing a tree. Does not matter to us. We just want to be the 30 to 40 minutes that you've been looking forward to all week. Let's do it. Our guest today barely needs an introduction she is the founder and ceo of soledad o'brien productions Brant it's soledad o'brien yes the award-winning news anchor and journalist who is also now a speaker she's an author she is a philanthropist she is she's the bomb i mean we're just so psyched that she's here soledad first off welcome to thoughts that rock
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I like the cheering, the, the, the crowd <laughs> yes. cheering noise that you've layered in. I like
2: that. I we, like it. We've, we've spared no expense. That's, that's Brand doing all the background the right. sound effects like here <laughs> in my contract. That's right. So we, were, we will obviously have Soledad's full, just crazy good bio that'll be posted in the show notes. But just a few cool highlights we thought that we would uh, pick out just in case, you know, you've been living under a rock. She definitely still does some reporting for CNN and HBO's Real Sports and the PBS News Hour and WebMD, but she also anchors and produces the political magazine program, her own show, Matter of Fact, with Soledad O'Brien. She's the author of two books, including Latino in America, and obviously her big, huge, critically acclaimed memoir, The Next Big Story. Love that one. Uh, she's won numerous awards, including three Emmys mm-hmm. and two Peabody Awards mm-hmm. and a Gracie Uh, She taught at Harvard University as a distinguished fellow, you know, Brandt, as, as one does. (laughs) and with her husband just
0: note that they give you those fancy titles when they're not actually giving you money (laughs) right
2: right right, (laughs) they're
0: inversely proportional to the amount of money you're getting paid just so you know
2: so So the title gets bigger i have to tell you
0: exactly
1: (laughs) right a couple of years ago so i'm i'm originally from manchester new hampshire so so close to the cambridge area and uh years ago we were just outside of cambridge um at a at a starbucks and the guy in front of me orders an iced latte with 11 ice cubes. And, and so I, uh, I'm behind him, and I can't not ask. A, I, you can't do that and have me not ask a question. It <laughs> was oddly specific. And so we get down to the end uh, where he's waiting for the drink. And I go, I'm just curious, like 11 ice cubes? Is that the magic number? And he goes, yeah, that's perfect. It's perfect. And I'm like, what do you do for a living? And he goes, I teach at Harvard. And I went, I go, you teach at Harvard? He goes, yeah. I go, what do you teach? He goes, I teach karate on Saturdays down in the gymnasium. but well, he gets to tell people he teaches at Harvard. He's claiming he teaches at Harvard and he teaches karate in the gymnasium on Just Saturdays. Just
0: as I claim as well. <laughs> I, you know, I, I taught a, a class uh, at the, for a bunch of graduate students uh, around education but no one should be paying me for, for, for uh, teaching them and they weren't.
2: That's so, yes, funny. That listen, is I'm awesome.
0: a big believer in do you? you. You want 11 ice cubes and you're teaching karate man? Then go for it. Go for That's it. So it's perfect. Perfect. Tell everybody. That's scream great. at the Absolutely.
2: mountaintop. <laughs> So a couple things, uh, Brian, also that, uh, you know, I just thought was fantastic, you know, Soledad uh, with her husband founded the Powerful Foundation, mm-hmm. which really helps young women get to and through college. Awesome. And I know that uh, Newsweek Magazine named her as one of the 10 people who make America great, and she yep. is just taking over the world. So Soledad, and you know, we, we've talked about the format of the show. Our audience is always looking for these great pieces of leadership nuggets, the best piece of advice you've ever been given. So we're just going to leave the floor open to you. What is your... Your thought that rocks. Thoughts that rock! Number one!
0: Oh my gosh. I've gotten so much great advice and so much terrible advice which is for your other <laughs> That's a different podcast. <laughs>
2: that's right. Thoughts really that's... really
0: Terrible <laughs> advice that you've gotten that you actually put into action and regret deeply. <laughs> yes. Yes. But um, the best piece of advice I got came from my mom who. Um, It's a really interesting person. We can talk about her a little more in detail in a minute. Uh, But her advice was when something goes wrong be upset, feel it, cry for 24 hours, like take the full day, but hour 25, you need to bounce back Mm -hmm. and you need to start working on the plan. Mm -hmm. And I always liked that advice because I felt like it allowed you to grieve and mourn and just honestly, mostly feel sorry for yourself and be like, Oh, me, 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 me. But then you had to come up with a plan. Yeah. And, uh, and I really liked that advice and I actually found that very helpful in my life over many, many instances.
2: I love that. I love that. It, it reminds me. I, I was. Uh, I used to teach a facilitation class. You know how, how to be a speaker, and part of it is you know being a speaker as as all three of us actually do it it's one of the greatest human fears like out of anything else more than heights and insects and anything else people are more afraid to speak than anything else so when you can teach people how to deal with anxiety and just the fear of speaking there's a video clip that I use believe it or not from an episode it's actually the pilot episode of lost you know the tv show and there's a main character in there and he's talking about the fear that he had when he had to go into this surgery. And he goes, listen, wh- what you do is you got to let that fear in. You got to let that anxiety take over for like five seconds. And and he literally will count down to five and then say, that's it. it you know, it's not going to define me. I got to get past it. It's kind of the same mentality that, you know, you've got these things going on. If you've got whatever the disappointment is, go ahead and boohoo, right? For a day, but then it's time to get about it, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it also tees you up, especially for people who don't like to be wallowing. Like, I I definitely have my moments of feeling sorry for myself, but I actually <laughs> like to be moving forward, you know. And so it lets you really get mired in it, and then you get to sort of bounce back out of it. I'm a big list maker. And yeah. so for me, I would do my 24 hours. And, it, you know, when this was whether you broke up with a horrible boyfriend or you lost your job or you just didn't get an opportunity that you thought you had in the bag or whatever – and then you kind of just sit there and feel sorry for yourself. And the first four or five or six hours of feeling sorry for yourself feels amazing. You sit in bed, you eat ice cream, <laughs> yes. you plot, you plot revenge against anyone, who's... <laughs> right? But then, like hour ten and twelve, you start getting bored of yourself, and now you just feel like mad and sorry. And and for me, by hour, you know, by the next full day, I'm making lists. I'm like, okay, well, that didn't work out what's the plan going to be? And I'm a big list maker. And so for me, it always felt very organic, if you will, to go off of like, this thing has happened. And the way out of it is to come up with lists. My day starts with lists, my day ends with lists, and my strategies always involve lists. And I found 24 hours later, you start doing your pro and con list, or you start doing your you Know, here's what we're thinking about list, or you know, what mistakes I made list that I shouldn't remake that kind of stuff. Wow, I
1: in, in my head I have this picture of Soledad in the morning sitting in a giant a chair, list. petting her white cat, <laughs> plotting her revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with this. <laughs> she's sitting so there so riding a list,
2: and
0: how it really is. It's more like Soledad with her hand in a bag of Cheetos wearing, wearing workout clothes, but not actually working out. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so it was
2: ice cream the night before, right. and crying, um, and now how she's eating. Oh, cheetos in the She's got Cheetos all over. And her at face. four
0: o'clock, it's cocktails. <laughs> Absolutely, right. like we're talking—we're talking an emotional, an emotional wallop. You don't have to sit around and eat healthy,
1: right? So, um, as we were sort of looking in, and doing some research for this, you know, I have to tell you, I was—I was blown away by even just go, going back into your history, even into your grandparents' history uh of of facing some of these things and not being able to get married uh where they lived and having to sort of move off and do uh to a different state just so they could get married and that to me like what was the you obviously come from a long line of people who have taken this advice and uh and really looked for ways to break through Do you remember what was like one of the first times that you really had to take this advice? Like what was one of the very first major disappointments that you had to give yourself a little bit of time to wallow and then move forward?
0: Gosh, you know, I'm trying to think. And there's so many. I mean, it's not that they're rare. I think I think it's good advice for every level. I remember in college, boyfriends kind Mm -hmm, of stuff. I -hmm. remember in Uh, not doing well on exams that I thought I would do well and not getting opportunities. Uh, I remember getting offered, I was in a running for a job and at the last minute, I didn't get it. In my interview, actually, they asked me if I wanted to change my name. Would I be comfortable changing my name because they thought my name was too complicated. And so, yeah, the fact that my parents are both immigrants to this country, my mom was, uh, they passed away last year, my mom was Afro-Cuban, my dad was white and Australian. Um, I think that their strategy, right, was in order to be able to keep going you you have to kind of tune a lot of crap out of your head like you just can't be mad all the time yeah and you can't be mired in stress it's actually why i think coronavirus is just a real challenge right now because <laughs> it's just stressful all the time right so your level of anxiety and stress is kind of up into your throat all the time and for some people that's around jobs, for some people that's around juggling jobs and kids, for some people that's around juggling jobs, kids, school, et cetera, et cetera. But it's always, it just never really dissipates. And so um, I think it was just very helpful. And certainly for my parents who just couldn't be mad all the time that they were going to, you know, you start working productively toward the thing that you can do. Yeah, And that immediately just makes you feel more in control. And better and you feel like you are the captain of your ship and you are in charge of your destiny and you're going to take proactive steps versus feeling piled upon and Feeling like things are happening upon you and to you and you have no control over that and that's stressful And, and really feels awful. So from a very early age. I mean really literally probably probably college earliest um, just feeling badly about getting ditched by a boyfriend <laughs>
2: Do you think if you bring it forward then in your world of today where you, you know, th- th- you, you personally have this supersonic speed of being in the know of a lot of global events. And so 24 hours probably now gets truncated down to like 15, 20 minutes before you get lasered back in. I guess my question would be in your world, how do you deal with this pace daily? Because even now people are dealing with, you know, every day is a major news cycle these days. It feels like it. You have all of these scenes going on. You have a lot of irons in the fire too. When you get to some of these big major obstacles that you talk about, your wallowing doesn't turn into a day, right? It's probably 15, 30 minutes somehow, and then boom, you're back on.
0: Yeah, I think you actually have to give yourself the time to wallow, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I think think the wallowing is really the processing stage, maybe just framed as wallowing, because Mm -hmm. I, I think you actually owe it to yourself to to walk through something and to be unhappy and to feel like I really need to have this conversation or I really need to understand this or why me? Why, why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I loved him. (laughs) Like, I I think it's, I think it's a real processing thing. And so I, I don't, I don't confuse what's happening in the news every day with my personal life. I just don't, you know, I think some things are very difficult, but I don't, um, but, you know, when I got a chance to cover stories, I would always, you know, realize that my opportunity was in telling somebody else's story well. Yeah. That that wasn't my experience. So I, I think it's a little bit different. I think that they're a little bit different.
2: I can tell she's got a real hang up with this boyfriend, man. <laughs> she's still <laughs> somebody. This is kind of an intervention <laughs> for I Soledad. Really
0: should, I should go on a whole thing about how awful he was, but I will.
2: <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, one thing that I thought was uh, was funny a few weeks ago on the show, Brandt had shared. Um, Um, That he hadn't been on a vacation like 20 years. I mean, he's just constantly working. And I thought I was a workaholic, but when I heard that, it just sort of blew my mind. And I guess my question for you might be in your specific business and with all the things that you're working on, are you able to really step away and vacation and relax so that you're, I guess, your 25th hour, if you will, you're ready to get back at whatever it is you need to focus on?
0: That's such a great question. And I think that vacations have to be. How you want them to go? So mm-hmm. one year, my husband's a vacationer where he brings nothing, he does nothing, he sits on a chair, he takes naps all day. He just he <laughs> loves like the lazy man's vacation.
2: That's perfect. So dad's got a list. Very <laughs>
0: stressful. I do. I, not only do I have lists, I travel with an entire thing of luggage with like files that I need to go through, just stuff I yes. haven't gotten to, so that I can sit around by the pool. And, like, go through that stuff. And, you know, usually you don't bring most of it home. You bring, you know, a fifth of it home. The rest you ditch, you shred, whatever. But I I just never really have the time to do it. And I never really want to waste valuable time doing it. So then I end up kind of stuck with this giant pile of, oh, I'm supposed to read this article. Oh, I'm supposed to look at this thing. Oh, I should have done that. Oh, I should. So I put in a, a big giant suitcase and I just bring an extra suitcase. So my husband's always thought that that was insane and a terrible, terrible terrible way to do a vacation but one year I decided to do Brad's version of the vacation and uh, and it was awful because I don't like <laughs> relaxing that way like I don't like taking naps and sitting by the pool it's just not fun for me that and I just remember I was so anxious the entire vacation of like this is not restful you know it's restful for me is bringing a lot of stuff and clearing off my plate yeah. feeling like I got home I got eight hours of sleep every night and I started the you know time back at home with a nice clean plate. And, uh, and so I, I think what's important for me in a vacation is making sure that I do it the way that I want to do it. And and I'm, I'm very open then to other people doing vacations the way they want to do them. You yeah. know, so if my boys want to sleep in all day, it's your vacation, do it. If someone else wants to, you know, go running every day and make sure they're working out, you know, go for it, It's your vacation. Uh, you know, and I think that that's key and not when I realized like a vacation for me had to be how I wanted to come through the other side, I just got much better about, you know, yep. You guys do what you want. Here's what I'm doing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I would bet most relationships are kind of like that. There's probably somebody who wants it a lot. You know the, the organization has to be in place and this is what we're going to go do and we've got to be here at this time and some people just want to go have a book and be on the beach and be okay with that. And Brant, that that wouldn't be your vacation. No. <laughs> you're more in line with kind of what what's all no, do be... You
0: bring stuff with you, right? Don't you feel yes. good when you land at the airport after a week and you're like, not only did I get a little tan and I slept a lot, I accomplished this, I read this, I sent these emails, I got yeah. all this yeah. stuff done.
1: Yeah. You know, part I like that. part of my competitiveness would be sitting on the chair next to Soledad, making sure I just finished maybe one more <laughs> Yes. <laughs> one more thing than she did just so that I could feel like You I can was, go to
0: next to my husband he will be right. like, Should I move to this house or should I move over that's here? That's right.
2: That would be the whole conversation. Extra pillow. Well, that probably fits perfectly with uh, our thought as well, which hopefully corresponds well with yours. Um, Brant, what is our thought that rocks?
1: So our thought that rocks this week comes from Coco Chanel, and uh, it's this. uh,
2: Thoughts that rock number two.
1: Don't spend time beating on a wall, hoping to transform it into a door. Hmm. And uh, I, I love that... You know first of all even talking just even about this vacation piece right like you if you spend too much time trying to make it something it isn't then um you end up feeling worse at the end and you you end up coming back from vacation needing a vacation and uh you know i come back with this to to even your thought sold out about wallowing you know some people wallow in failure maybe a little too long um and, and others maybe white knuckle hold on to it, it to try to turn it into success. I'm I'm reminded of the even the far side uh, cartoon with Gary Larson of uh, the school with the gifted with the the guy pushing on the door and it says pull on the handle, mm. and it's just this idea that some of us uh, have a hard time. I think letting go or accepting the failure and trying with everything we have to turn it into a success, even when maybe the better decision would be to accept the failure and wallow for a little bit and then move forward. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you interpret that quote? So
0: yeah, I completely agree with it. And I think I interpret it um, with uh, two different ways. One is advice I give to a lot of young people which is you know, the real key in success is knowing yourself. right? Mm. Know if you're a morning person or an evening person. Know when you get your best work done. Mm. Know if you need eight hours of sleep or if you're really fine with seven. Know if you feel like crap if you don't work out every day. Know if you should not keep giant packages of Cozy Shack rice pudding <laughs> in your fridge. <laughs> you know, like, the more you know about yourself, the more you can kind of tee things up so that you can be successful. That was really, really helpful to me. And I think my life process has been trying to figure that out like this is what i like to do and what i need to do and how i have to do it the other piece of it is i remember telling a boss when i was at cnn the the president of cnn at the time and i was telling him that i was really struggling with thinking about editing this thing and he's like you know or you could just work with a great editor he's like you don't have to actually be good at it you know it's (laughs) everything is not going to be your thing like know what you bring always try to grow your skills but know that you know have a good team around you that brings other skills. You don't have to be the expert on all of it. And I just remember thinking, it was such news to me, like, wow, I just need a really great team member who who wants to work with me on something. And that would be very valuable versus me. I mean, I think everybody has to get their level of expertise up to a certain level of you know knowledge and, and ability to communicate. But, but that really being surrounded by really great people who you love working with was the key. And so I, I thought that I think that's part of it, right? Like instead of constantly saying, I need to be a better editor, say, I actually, I'm not good at editing. I just don't have that skill. But I have a friend who's a great editor and, and they're really good at interpreting what I want and helping me get there and and I think that those two pieces of advice kind of come out of what Coco Chanel said.
1: I'm curious did uh, you growing up sort of having your 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 dreams and your hopes of what you wanted to be is this what you thought you'd be doing?
0: Uh, you know in, as a kid I thought I'd be pre-med I, I thought I'd be a doctor I, w- I was pre-med in um, in college and all up to, you know, through high school, I did things like candy striper and nurse's aid and all the things with an eyeball toward mm-hmm. I want to go to medical school. But I think in the macro, kind of like 30,000 foot view, absolutely. I wanted to have a lot of autonomy. I wanted to be helpful. I wanted to be able to be of assistance to people. I want you know, so I think the feel of what I'm doing is mm-hmm. exactly what I envisioned. Um, and, you know, and, and I think help people is a very generic-y kind of term, and I often, again, give advice to young scholars. We run a small scholarship for women, and I often will say to them, like, don't get stuck in this thing. Like, think about the feeling that you have. You know, walk me through, um, you know, working with people describes a lot of jobs, you know? Um, So it just instead, you know, I very quickly realized I didn't want to go to medical school, and it just allowed me to think about 10 other things that I would be good at.
1: It's, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that, um, Jim and I talk about a a lot and part of it comes from the work that, that I do centered around core values and, and purpose. And, you know, one of the things that I encourage people to do is to figure out the what and the why, right? So you have to know what matters most to you as you were just sort of alluding to before of, of know the type of person that you are. But when you define the what, when you choose what are those, I call them black sheep values, right? Because a uh, uh, black sheep's wool cannot be dyed. And these are sort of these values that no matter how much somebody wants to influence you, no matter how much somebody wants to try to change you, they simply can't be changed. And so identify what your black sheep values are And when you do, then you can choose a purpose that's in alignment with those things. And so your what and your why become a really solid foundation. It's in the how where we can change course on a a minute's notice. And so maybe what you thought you were going to do for your life changes and your how changed, but your what and your why stayed the same. It's interesting to me that that's literally... What you just described, you thought that maybe it was going to be something in the medical field, but your what and your why stayed the same, but your how changed to something completely different and still has allowed you to have the impact and sort of that ability to influence the world in the way that you wanted to do it.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think sometimes people get stuck in the, the what <laughs> yeah. and and forget that actually life is kind of about the the, the why. Yeah. What, you know, what was the feeling you wanted to get from it? I have ask asked people to tell me, like, well, what are you wearing? And what describe the circumstances of this mm. job that's in your head? Yeah. You know, because you realize that for some people, all that helps them realize that, you know, what they think they're going after might not match that vibe that they actually have in their head.
2: Yeah. It actually... I think the story goes right back to this quote, because not that you were, you know, spending a lot of your time beating on the wall, it's just you could have absolutely done that if that's what you wanted. I think we would have been robbed of having the impact and the influence of what you've been able to do, you would have been awesome at that anyway. But I I think you looked at the second part of it, You, you were, you really did transform, I think your life into a door, you've opened the door for a lot of other people. And you know I think you said something earlier that just resonated with me. You know, if you know the type of person that you are and if you're you know familiar with uh, some of the work that the Gallup organization does, you know there's a guy that was there Marcus Buckingham who's also on the speaking circuit and Don Clifton. These two guys when they wrote First Break all the Rules, their whole mindset was about this behavioral data that said, listen, you're never going to fix people uh, trying to trying to make their weaknesses better. Like if you want to focus on that, go ahead. And it's so funny to look at companies and organizations that have performance appraisals and development plans totally designed to fix people, right? Instead of, I think the approach that you were talking about, Soledad, which is just focus on your strengths. Just know the type of person you are. You know, those things are going to absolutely, I think, compensate for some of these weaknesses. You can enable people to to do great things using the the natural talent that they already have or whatever they've been able to develop. And I guess my question might be, you know, what do you say to people when you're mentoring, whether it's these girls in your philanthropic group or just in general, if they're looking for transformation, you know, what, what do you say to these people when they might be literally just banging on the wall? Maybe they're stuck in just sort of that 24-hour walla that you talked about earlier.
0: You know, transformation, I think we think of it as a very fast, dramatic process. And, you know, again, I think one of the reasons I like writing lists is because I think transformation is about tracking and moving a direction, mm-hmm. right? It's really about little habits that just become regular, little things that you do that are terrible, working out every other day or something right <laughs> that one day you look up and you're like oh wow i actually work out every other day <laughs> but but in the process of it is a miserable miserable experience of getting there uh, right it's like making the healthy choice it's getting up a certain amount of time you know, or you know to me that is actually what kind of leads to transformation and we've all been sold this idea that transformation is this very fast process one day you wake up you're transformed everything changes you look at the world a new way At least for me, that's never been the case. My transformations have been understanding who I am. I actually don't want to be around this person. I'll give you a good example. When I started my company, which is about seven years ago, one of our first projects was with a guy who was a genius, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant artist. Hmm. What a jerk very unpleasant. And it made the entire thing so unpleasant. And I was new in, in running the company and new in not working for someone, but running my own thing generally. And I just remember he was a person who just made me feel awful about mm. my abilities, because there was a lot I didn't know. Yeah. And, and it reminds me of when you start a new job, or when someone starts a new job, And they'll look at you and they'll say, I just don't understand this. And you're like, listen, two weeks from now, you'll totally get it. I know it sounds like a lot, but (laughs) trust me, in a little bit, it will be no big deal. And I just remember the awful feeling I had working with him. It was just awful. Not a nice person. Not helpful. Not you know Soledad, you've got good instincts here's how we can work together blah 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 just making me literally would say to me why are you even on this project and i was like well i hired you i'm on this project cuz I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm 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 writing the check right? like yes. I mean, can you imagine someone saying that and and that you take it so uh, and and i remember feeling like i restored some of my power when at the end of it uh, I said to him, well, you know, that was really not a good experience for me, and we should never work together again. <laughs> and I was starting a production company, so we we actually have a lot of business, knock on wood. So, yes. you know, like, we, you know, we we just do a lot of work in a lot of different spaces. And so I try to make sure that people who I enjoy working with, I loop them back in and we try to do more projects. And I just remember the power of being able to say, well, like, why would I want to work with someone who made me feel so yeah. bad the entire yeah. time? Yep. That could have been a really great First experience of like, oh, my God, I knew nothing. And this guy, who was amazing, stepped in and really helped me figure out some of these things. And when I look back, I realized I knew more than I thought I knew. But still, I was kind of overwhelmed. And instead, it was, wow, that was an awful experience.
2: Yeah, awful. gosh. A- and...
0: And I just would I would never work with him again. And not only that, I would never work with anybody like that again. Yeah. The only upside in running your own company. <laughs> it's not the good hours. It's, right. <laughs> you know, it literally is you get to pick your projects and you get to pick who you work with. Right. Yeah. Like that's it. That's, that's it. The only upside. <laughs> so why would I put, subject myself to that? And And so uh, I think it's that, right? I think it's about, you know, for me, that was transformation. But it was a miserable, painful, awful, even to this day. I feel very icky about it. It was a bad experience. Mm. But that transformation led me to think about who do I want to work with? Who do I say yes to? Who do I let in my head and in my life? It was not a fast transformation. It was really slow and icky.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, I, I go back and I look at this idea. I, I've spent a, a great part of my life, I think, beating on a wall, h- hoping to transform it into, into a door, even though I'd be happy with a window. Um, <laughs> and you know, I spent gosh, 20 years in the music business, uh, you know, touring and, and having enough success to, to do it for a living, but never breaking through to that next level mm-hmm. that, um, either would be Financially sustainable, or a household name, or anything like that at all. And I think it was, I mean, it took me 20 years to pivot into speaking and writing that um, the door appeared. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things that I, you know, I, it was something I just wanted so badly for so long that maybe it took uh, a, a held on a few years. I think we see that in, in sports a lot, right? When, when people hang on maybe a little bit longer than they should have to sort of keep that, that vision in our head of who they were in their prime and, and to be able to sort of look at that. Is there, is, I'm curious, is there anything you've ever sort of just dreamed to do that for whatever particular reason, that door never opened for you?
0: Oh, my gosh. So many things. Um, You know, I uh, certainly I I always wanted to be a great equestrian. And this is a classic example Hmm. of living through your children, which I generally don't do. But in this one, I really do. Um, I grew up in Long Island and there were some little horse farms around, but my parents didn't have enough money to really fund, you know, lessons, and they they just never, they never put money into that stuff. They couldn't afford it. I have five brothers and sisters, it just wasn't going to happen. So I started working at a little horse farm. And if I muck stalls, I'd get a lesson thrown in with, I think, like $15. That's what I made <laughs> per week. Um, and so that's what I did. But I, you know, and so my dream was to be a good equestrian. And, and I'm not. And I've really spent a lot. So that was kind of my through my high school. I think I probably was 13 when I started riding. I did it for just a couple of years. And then I started back up again when I was about 45, maybe 40, something like that. And I remember 40. I was 40. And, you know, I just, the window closed, Mm. right? Like, I would love to be a great equestrian. And I'm actually a nervous equestrian. Mm. I'm a nervous mom equestrian. (laughs) Yeah. And it's such a bummer because – and I watch my daughter. who jumps four feet and goes to – and I really try to encourage her. Like, anything you want to do, riding on grass, trying a derby, going into a jumper class, which is done for speed, uh, going into a hunter class, which is done for look, going into an X class, which is done for body position of the rider. Like, just try it and go do it. Don't let you – don't be hung up on, I don't do that. I'm not good at it. You know, because I never got to do that. And now I, yeah. I really that window has honestly closed. I'm sure I could go into some of these classes, it just wouldn't be fun, because I'd just be way out of my, you know, I'd be way outmatched, to the point where it wouldn't even be fun for me. And so I do the parts that I think are fun. But that's always been a big disappointment. Like I really wish that I had been able to do it even at a low level over time. I'd have, you know, all that, a lot of that stuff is body memory and muscle memory and body positioning. And you just really can't get it when you're 50 something, you're, you get nervous about falling, you get nervous about getting injured. And so, you know, that's been a real uh, disappointment for me. And that window just closed, you know? And so I try to enjoy it to the degree that I can, but I'm never going to jump a three foot fence. Just too scary.
1: (laughs) Yeah, So that's why I don't jog. (laughs) you're afraid also <laughs> i'm afraid i'm gonna trip and fall
2: yes <laughs> well we uh we, we can't thank you enough i think um uh, you know when we started to talk about especially here at the end about transformation you know things don't change and transform just by watching them you got to act you got to get in the game and you are doing so much um honestly you, you seem to just master everything that you touch and you know, I just, we, we think that's fantastic. Uh, where can people stay connected to you or at least get more information about all the things that you're doing?
0: Sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter a lot, and that's at Soledad O'Brien, or Instagram is the same, at Soledad O'Brien. I anchor a show called Matter of Fact, which is a syndicated mm-hmm. show, so it's in different markets at different that's times. Great. But if you look um, look up at Matter of Fact, you know, Times, you can find that pretty easily in and we're in most of the country. Uh, and then we've got a brand new podcast called Murder on the Topath You do that just launched on Luminary murder yeah. in the what M- murder on the towpath. It's a story of a murder oh. from 1964. Uh, a white woman who was a socialite was murdered on the towpath in Georgetown. And the black woman who came in to defend the young black man who's charged uh, with the woman's murder but then you learn a lot about the woman herself. The victim, uh, turns out, is uh, having an affair with the president. This is all true, wow. but this <laughs> is not even the conspiracy theory part. We're talking about <laughs> drugs in the White House. I mean, it's crazy. It's an amazing, amazing story, really about two women who's, I think, who society didn't really expect a lot out of, frankly, and kind of what they were able to accomplish. So that's, uh, that's the story of murder on the Topaz, and that's on Luminary right now
2: wow look at you doing it all
1: i love it i you are a fantastic follow on twitter um i i just love even the other day i saw someone was complaining about wearing a mask and soledad's comeback was just all-time classic as if
0: doctors (laughs) don't wear masks doubled up right they operate on you like every every complaint about wearing a mask and by the way I go to horse shows now, 90 degrees outside, right? Yes. And you're yeah. wearing a mat. It's not comfortable. I get it. Yes. I really, really do. It yeah. is not comfortable. You have a couple of options. One, don't go to the horse show. It's yes. right? totally okay. I get it. Or, go and keep everybody safe and follow the rules so they don't shut down the horse show. Yes. But it, I mean, I understand it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, especially when you're in, you know, you're in pants, a long-sleeve shirt, a show coat, right? A yes. helmet, high, boots to your knees i mean it's hot i get it but the idea that he, he said something like i put that on for three seconds and i couldn't breathe yes. You're like oh come on what's <laughs> wrong with you it's so silly well it's so silly then don't go out get someone else to grab your your um your uh do your food shopping get that's someone right. else to go to the to get yeah. paper towel for me for you like okay if you really are struggling then you don't have to leave your home there's no rule or leave your backyard
1: that's right Ugh, well we people. are We are in Florida, Soledad, so, you know...
0: I know if, I know then those numbers are
1: terrible you know if people can't ride their John Deere to the beach and celebrate <laughs> America the way they want to um, it gets a little it gets a little crazy here and just the the amount of people that literally are like fighting to not wear a mask to walk into Sam's Club it's like are I know, you know like hitting it all right the time now? I mean
0: it's so crazy I, I you know we have a house in Florida I really I love Florida I'm a I'm a giant even Florida man which comes with Florida <laughs> yes. I'm a giant fan sometimes times weirded out but it's mostly a giant fan yes but it is it's like you don't wear it for yourself you wear it for other people and if it's uncomfortable and it is there are times in the horse show you take it off for a moment you catch your breath again yep right you wipe the sweat off your face yes you put your helmet back on put That's your mask right. back on and you go back to it. It's exactly. not brain surgery. I mean, it's so crazy to me.
2: Love it. Well, we're fans of yours. Our, uh, our community manager, KT would normally be here listening in. she couldn't, but she's such a fangirl of yours as well. And we're just, we're following along on your journey. We love everything you do and we cannot thank you enough for just spending a little bit of time with us today and giving us this awesome piece of advice. So thank you so much.
0: You bet. Thanks for having me. What
2: Thanks a rock star. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Hey, rock stars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah,
2: and if you're interested in having Brandt or me or both of us speak at your event, we both used to be exclusively represented by Kepler speakers. But now it's just me. Brandt is on his own. So to hire Brandt, good luck getting a hold of him. For me or both of us, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock on! on.